It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. All right, all right. This is the Prep Rally Podcast on this Wednesday, June the 16th. I'm Chip Souza, joined by Paul Boyd, Ricky Fires, Henry Apple, and down in the River Valley in Fort Smith, Leland Barclay. We're all here today bringing you the latest, greatest, and whatever else we want to talk about in prep football, football basketball, what, whatever it is. We're in the middle of the summer now. It's uh, uh, juicy, I mean, just walking on sunshine, trying to feel good, right? A lot of sunshine like, this week, like actually. Like the old so- song, yes. Katrina and the Raves. I know you know that. Yes, I do. I want you to sing a few tunes. Walking Never on mind, sunshine. Never mind, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> nah, let's not. No, cut, cut, cut. All right. There you go. So Leland Barclay is with us down in Fort Smith. Leland, uh, what's going on down that way to down this day? Hey, it's a nice summer day, and, uh, you know, I guess for uh, football fans, uh, the middle of seven-on-seven season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Leland, we uh, brought you back. You had had you here last week. We brought you back this week to talk some Alma seven-on-seven. They had their big tournament last week uh, on last Friday uh, down there. And, uh, Leland, that's the first seven-on-seven we've had in northwest Arkansas in two years. Yeah, it was nice to see. Um, boy, everybody was excited. It was a hot day, but um, I tell you, it was one of the best fields, best collection of seven-on-seven teams that uh, you know that I've seen. I think uh, you know I went down to the uh, you know the Pulaski Academy Academy one a couple of years ago, and of course Shallow Christian has a very good one. But as far as just Arkansas teams, it was a great uh, collection, great group of Arkansas high schools and. Uh, well, I tell you, there's some great talent uh, that we're going to be able to see this uh, this fall in Arkansas. Major props to Brian Smith over at uh, Alma for putting that together. It's a tournament that he had started when he was um, at Charleston. Um, his son Chris Smith is one of the coaches, one of the assistant coaches yes. at Alma, and uh, he uh, he he took that tournament from Charleston over to Alma. Uh, of course, they didn't have it last year, but they brought it back. This year was able, like Leland said, to have a full slate of teams. Leland, I believe, about 24 teams. Yeah, it was a bunch. I mean, it was um, a, a good collection of the 7A West, uh, you know, Van Buren and, the, and Greenwood from the 6A West. And, uh, you know, it was just a really good uh, group of uh, teams. And, like I said, man, some some great, great players that uh, I think probably give some hope to the West of yes. maybe – you know, I know it was seven on seven, and it's a little early, but the the West I, I don't think should be written off completely in the state's largest classification just yet. Right. Even though the Central has won four in a row. That's a that is a, the seven A seven A is a that's a classification of streaks because the West had won about eleven in a row, something like that, twelve in a row, and now. Uh, you know the central's been on that, been on caught that. Up. So, yeah, caught up, maybe surpassed. Yeah, but Leland, uh, he he saw them last week, Rick, and he seems to think the seven A West this year could could dethrone the central. Hey, Leland, can, can you can, can you explain to you know to people my age who grew up in American Legion baseball? If you ought to be out the pool, you ought to be chasing girls. You ought to be playing Legion baseball this time of year. Can you just talk about? Uh, it's not real football. Nobody's been hit in the mouth yet. Uh, well, you know, maybe by accident or something if you run into defensive back. But why is this important? And tell me a little bit about the competitive level. They're just not out there messing around, are they? No, it's a very serious, and it and it has grown exponentially. And, of course, I, I know Chip knows this from yes. being down in Texas, that I remember 
when Texas uh, kind of started seven on seven. They even have seven on seven state championships. They do. Oh they wow! Do. And and so it's it's huge down there, and it's kind of uh, I think it started getting big up here when Arkansas, because Arkansas was really one of the last ones to start sanctioned spring practices yeah yeah uh, in that, may for high schools and, if and you then remember, from there the yeah, seven leland, on seven developed and yeah if you'll remember leland i think houston nuts the one who pushed for that in this state yes he was yeah. he was he was he was big on the spring football because he felt like that it really kind of put the arkansas players a little bit behind yeah. uh some of the other states maybe a lot of the other states actually yeah and then yeah. from there i think the seven on seven was just kind of a natural uh, progression from uh, the spring practices and, uh, you know, keeping the kids acclimated. And, you know, the timing between the receivers and the quarterback yes, is so yeah. big. And it also gives the defensive backs also exactly. a very, um, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of good practice, too. And, and like you yeah. said, it, it's the first one that they've had in two years. And I, I think that was a little bit noticeable last year. Yeah, I think it was, too. Um, well, they had so they had the one in Alma last week. Fayetteville won it. Uh, Bladen Fike, their quarterback, who's back this year, be for his second year as a starter uh, for Casey Dick's team. Uh, they looked really good um, in in winning the championship. They beat Fort Smith Southside. Um, it's funny. Uh, Harold McIlvain covered the the event for us for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and he said that Kim Dameron, the coach at Fort Smith Southside, had never had a team participate in seven on seven before. This was their first. Uh, you know, time to do that, you know, because last year he was his first year, yes. and because of COVID, they couldn't do any of this. And so he said it was his first time to, to be in seven on seven competition and tournament play. First time to coach it. Yeah. Uh, he said that when he was in Kansas, that uh, they put a couple on while he was in Kansas, I think at Kansas or was it Kansas State? Anyway, when he was coaching there. Yep. And he refereed some of those games gotcha. for the local high schools and stuff. So he had seen it. Yeah. But it was the first time to actually, I guess, uh, active, actively participate in one. Now, Southside, of course, struggled last season uh, in Dameron's first year. We know he's a good coach. Um, they made a switch at quarterback about three, Leland, three, four weeks in, maybe, maybe, maybe later than that. Moved David Sorg, a big, big kid at about 6'5". Um, he was a sophomore last year. In fact... Southside ended up playing a lot of sophomores last year. Um, I think, you know, I think Coach Dameron looked at it and said, you know, all things considered, I'm trying to build a program here, and if I got sophomores who can push for playing time, I'm going to make sure they get, you know, get that playing time. And they moved him into quarterback, and apparently, according to Harold's story, and, and I'm sure Leland and your what you saw, uh, Sorg is kind of coming into his own uh, down at Southside. He's a big, strong kid, throws the ball well. You know, Luke Wyatt is going to be, I think, one of the best uh, receivers in the state, really one of the best all-purpose players in the state. Um, so they've got uh, those two. And, of course, Dimitri Lloyd, another um, receiver. So I think offensively Southside is going to be very, very good, um, you know, based on, on last year. And then also, and like you mentioned, uh, Bladen Fike and, and the receivers he's got to throw to. Well, he didn't, even, didn't a, even have Satanga in, in the 7-on-7. Seven seven. He didn't even play. He was at Texas A&M on an official uh, recruiting trip. And, you know, Texas A&M's who he's verbally committed to. So he wasn't even there for the 7-on-7. Seven seven, and, and they Kittrell still did, did emerge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Kittrell did a great job for yeah. Fayetteville. And, and uh, so uh, good to see the Purple Dogs. Uh, you know, picking it up and, and, and playing well. Good to see Southside 
Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. We we want to see good games, um, you know, when you know during the season. And the better Southside can be, and the better Fayetteville can be, the better it makes the entire 7A West Conference. Well, I think we all just—I uh, mean, I, I know that uh, that I get excited on Fridays and uh, about the game I'm covering, yes. and you know, to get there and see an exciting game, and um, you know, between these local teams is just—I uh, mean, that—that's what we, you know, dream about, and uh, so that's—I uh, I think we're going to see a lot of it. And you know, you talk about Fayetteville in the in the 7A West. You know, Bentonville looked very good, too. I, gonna, I think uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Springdale Harbor with a Fayetteville transfer, possibly a quarterback. Yep. I think uh, I think they're going to be very good. So uh, I know Bay Buren's really looking at four quarterbacks. Uh, so I, I, there's going to be some exciting, exciting players to watch in the fall. Exactly. Yeah, and Leland, and you talked about the timing mm-hmm. mechanism that 797 brings. And I remember years ago, uh, before the 2005 season when Gus Malzahn and Springdale just dominated state. Still the best team I've ever seen. You know, although, uh, you know, teams down south are pretty good too. Uh, Bryant. Uh, but he told me, I said, man, where did it start? Uh, day one of practice, the first game, uh, midway through the season. He said, no, he says, started and during seven on seven when they went down to Hoover, Alabama, he pointed to that time that kind of spurred them on to that great year. So that kind of shows you how far 797 has come and how important the coaches put on it. Exactly, exactly. Now, Henry, I think, and Leland, you can correct me on this, Henry, I think Bentonville split their team uh, down there at Alma. They had a gold team and a black team, I believe, uh, down there at Alma. Is that what they did, Leland? Is that correct? I think most of them basically had a varsity mostly and then a JV mostly. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, uh, you know, they, they kind of mixed them up a little bit, but I think they mostly went a varsity JV. Leland, you, you and I talked a little bit about Wright, uh, the quarterback over at Bentonville. He, uh, Paul, little pretty good lineage there. Uh, Danny, yeah, Danny's son. Yeah, and, Danny, uh, Danny Wright, not, former Major League not, Baseball player. And not to mention – his mother, uh, Robin, pretty pretty good athlete. Yeah, pretty good herself. athlete herself. So yeah. got, uh, some would say a better athlete. Uh, absolutely. You know, ball, you know, it's like John Cruck, Henry, used to say, I'm not an athlete, I'm a ball player. There you go. <laughs> yes. So uh, Danny writes, and, and, and Henry, his name escapes me, writes, first name. Drew. Drew yeah, Wright. Drew. Uh, strong right arm. And, of course, anything you throw within the 479 area code, Chaz Nimrod can go get it. Exactly. The uh, – He's been getting D1 offers here just left and right, and uh, it seems like every other day on Twitter he says, I've got an offer from such and such, and I get to go and retweet school, it. Do you know a, a school or two? Uh, I know it's Arkansas State, okay. Utah State. Yeah, that's uh, A I lot of the Utah mid-major State. D1s are looking yeah, at him. Missouri. Missouri. Uh, he's one of those kind of – Rick, I know you watch a lot of HGTV and those home shows. I know you watch. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Would they sell cookware or something? <laughs> yeah. No. Hell no! And no, dress shows they, or they, shoes. They have Hell. a show called Curb Appeal, and Curb Appeal is you know how your house looks out front and whatever. Well, I Curb Appeal that Sonic eating a double cheeseburger on the curb. It could be that too. Curb Appeal also applies to you know when you look at Chas Nimrod in his football uniform, that kid's got Curb Appeal. You look at him and you go, oh my goodness, what that that kid's got to be a player. You know, Athlete, looking at him. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah absolutely. Uh, Henry, I think about six three, maybe a little six three ish, maybe a little bit over six, somewhere three. in that category, right around the one ninety part. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, uh, 
just a good, you know, in track he was triple jumping and long jumping. So he, it's not just speed, it's not just hands. Yeah. He does a few other things. Well, he, like I said, if if uh, if if Drew Wright could just keep it in the four seven to nine area code when he throws it, Nimrod has a good you know chance what? of. And Nimrod can do it himself too. I saw him run back a kickoff about a hundred yards. Yeah. Yeah. Took him about three seconds. Exactly. So Leland had a chance to see some good some good seven on seven down there. Now the seven on seven caravan. Didn't think I knew that word, did you, boys? They used to name a car. Had a car named Caravan, so that's where I got it from. The Caravan moves to Siloam Springs this week. There's going to be a seven on seven tournament on Saturday over at Siloam Springs, and some of the a lot of the same teams that were down at Alma will be making the the uh, trip up here. Springdale's going to play in the seven on seven uh, over at Siloam Springs, and I had a chance to visit today with Brent Hobbs. Brent Hobbs, the new, not new, the interim. Well, no, he's the head coach, Rick. I'm, I'm not okay. using that You're word. You're not using he's that the word. Man. Okay. I'm not right. using he's that word. Man. He got the job, right? Yes. He's got as far the job. as you're concerned. As far as I'm concerned, Brett Hobbs is, is Red, Mr. Red Dog. Okay. And now, Leland, we were talking about this today. I, I interviewed him and uh, Brooks Muller, the new defensive coordinator there, who came from Moralton, but was a Red Dog under Gerald Williams. They both were okay. toward the end of Gerald's career. In fact, in fact, Brooks played in Gerald's final year. Um, as, the, as the football coach at Springdale. And Kerry Winbury was defensive Correct, and, and he yeah. and, and, and uh, Dennis DeBusk was his position coach. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, they're fired up over there, and uh, I can tell you right now, if I were going to go back in high school and could play football if I you know, ever got off the bench, but if I did, Brooks Muller's a guy I would love to play for. That guy is fired up to be back in Springdale. Well, between him and Brett Hobbs, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they don't have a successful season, it's not going to be because of coaching. They still got to get some more kids out, get some of them Hispanic kids out, and let's go, Springdale. Let's be the old Bulldogs. Well, what they're talking about, Leland, and you'll appreciate this, and you guys appreciate this, you know, what Springdale needs is to bring that tough, hard-nosed, blue-collar work ethic back to Springdale High School. That's what they always had under Gerald Williams. You know, Rick, you covered Gerald Williams yes. and, and, and Henry and you guys, and, you know, you've seen those. Springdale never had the biggest kids. They never had the fastest kids. They never had any of that. They just punched you in the mouth over and over and over and over again. And that's the mentality they got to bring back. Hey, I, I was working in Pine Bluff, and I, and I moved up here to uh, take a job up here. And then they told me, oh, man, you got to cover Springdale. I said, Oh, man, them little old slow white. Because I've been watching Pine Bluff and right. Dalloway and all that. The first day at Springdale, they did that blood the pit. The blood pit, yep. And well, when hey, they hey, line up with hey, woo. It's, it's coming back. Woo. It's coming said, back. Oh, now I get it. Now I get it, man. They <laughs> yeah. got after it. I don't care if it was the five foot three guy or the six foot four guy, Chris Smith kind of guy. Man, that, that's football right there, hardcore football. What Muller, what Muller was talking about today, and, and, of course, he's a guy that just gets jacked up at a moment's notice. He's jacked up and ready to go. But he said, you know, when they were playing, they spent all summer just trying to, you know, you know, trying to uh, figure out, man, who am I going to be matched up with in the blood pit? Man, I, you know, I hope <laughs> it's so-and-so. Or, I hope, yeah. or, or, you know, if you got matched up against Brent Hobbs, you're like, oh, my God, I hope it's not him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, but anyway, they had some really good stories and, and good for Springdale. But, Leland, what I was going to say, you being the historical guy that you are, we I think, think they called historians. Historians. We think these are the first Red Dogs who have taken over the Red Dog program. That's what we think. Ooh, boy, I'd have to go back and look. I um, mean, 
Gerald Williams was there for how long? 30 plus years. Yeah. And he, he was, was a Northside guy. 30 plus, and of course, he was a Fort Smith Correct. guy. Yeah. All right. Then um. Gus comes in, and he was a you know Fort Smith mm-hmm. Christian guy. Uh, not 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 from here. Then Kevin Johnson, KJ came in. He's not wasn't a Springdale guy. And then um, uh, the guy from Mountain Home, Rex Rex Yerby, was before Gerald Williams, and he's a Van Buren guy. Yep. Um, Um, I've gone. I have gone blank on the home. Unless somebody calls us wrong, let's go with that. I think that's. I mean, that's what we're saying. Well, I tell you who would know who has put together a complete list of every single score, uh, every single game that. Springdale's ever played is um gosh Ron Bradford okay okay well maybe I'll ask Ron see what he thinks I we think these are I the guarantee first. you he will know the answer to that question and, and you know you you talk about the history and things at Springdale you know they have one of the, the one of the my favorite concession stands in the state oh yeah because oh, if yeah. you walk in there it is just lined yes with old Springdale yes. stuff, and yeah. it is, uh, and I mean, red I, white I, check floor. the first time I went up there, I think I spent 20 minutes in the concession stand before I ever went to buy anything. Well, so, something, you know sometimes, Leland, what you need to do, and Rick, you've seen this, you've been there inside the, the field house the, or the, the indoor, and all those great, uh, first of all, great pictures, cart, those cartoon drawings that, for, that document yes. each of those years, yep. yeah. you know, and, and that kind of thing. I don't know who did those, but they're just, you know, legend. I mean, legendary to, to look at those things. Hey, uh, I'd love to bring those back. Yeah. Leland, years ago, I was doing a preview. Springdale High was playing, uh, hosting some team out of Little Rock. And I got the Little Rock coach. I, I don't remember what team it was, Parkview, one of the married, Little Rock Hall or something. And uh, I thought the interview was over, and he said, Hey, 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 man, let me ask you something. Say, they really get up on top of that white picket fence and spit on you? <laughs> I said, well, I don't know if they spit on you, but uh, they leave their wives up there in the upper deck, and they all come down there yeah. in their overalls, and, uh, and and they got their spittoons with them. So just just be careful. Of course, I was joking, but you talking about concessions. I love that white picket fence. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's technically a white it's tradition. It's, it's tradition. it's tradition it's that tradition. goes around there. I love that. And then they put that over at Harvard, too. Yes. So I love that aspect I love it. That's, that's Springdale. That is Springdale, Springdale football. Well, Leland, you will love this story that Brooks was telling me today. He said when his family moved to Northwest Arkansas from Little Rock when he was in the fourth grade, his dad is apparently as fired up a guy as he is, okay? He's just jacked up, you know, you know whatever, <laughs> and hard work ethic. Yeah. And so they went to another – I'm not going to say what town, but they went to another school in – Northwest Arkansas to a football game and and watched a Friday night game and then they went to a Springdale game and his dad came home and told his Brooks's mama box everything up we're moving to Springdale I want him <laughs> playing at Springdale I want my son to be in that yes. atmosphere yeah and and Brooks said you know playing at the old stadium the fans and the students were right on top of the opposing players yes. and, and he said it was his dad said it's the best atmosphere I've ever been to in my life, and I want my son to be part of that atmosphere. Hope they and get back to it. Yeah, yeah. that's how, and that's that's what they're going to try to build over there is is uh, that Springdale Red Dog mental toughness that never quits when the kick after, from the opening kickoff to you know to the end, and that's what you know that's what Brooks was saying is that you know if you're tough that you you're that never leaves you. You, you know, toughness doesn't have a bad night. That's toughness, right. The toughness does not. And it, he said it travels and it plays no matter no matter who you're playing. <laughs> toughness travels, you know. And and uh, so anyway, good luck to those guys. And and uh, 
you know, nobody would like to see Springdale Red Dog football be, you know, relevant every year like it used to be. Absolutely. Would love that. So, Leland, uh, before we let you go, anything else you want to add on the football side or anything else from the 7-on-7 seven seven that you saw last week that, uh, that we need to talk about? Well, I just, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the uh, possibly the return. And like Rick said earlier, you know, it still comes down to blocking and tackling exactly. are still yep. the two most important things on yes. a Friday night. No doubt. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, um, I think the West may be coming back. I don't, you know, Brian had a tremendous run and they lost, uh, you know, some tremendous seniors this past year. Yep. And, uh, you know, I just, I think the West has a chance to come back again uh you know this season and of course you know we've been looking at the um the alignment stuff too and that's going to be real interesting because i was looking at the catholic stuff again uh last night and it you know catholic may drop down to 6a in the next alignment they could and you know i know catholic has has somewhat bitten the bullet and said we're going to play 7a no matter what in the past but boy they've they've not been highly successful you know, doing that, and, and maybe they're going to look back at this and say, okay, we're, we, you know, we're, we're going to play, we're going to play 6A, we're, we're better aligned, you know, with, as far as, you know, personnel and, and numbers. So if that happens, well, north side I, and south side could get back in the west together, is that right, guys? Well, if if Catholic, as I see it right now, they have two, what do you, what do you, whatever you want to call it, competitive equity factor points. Yep. And if they don't get any more, they will be eligible to drop down from 7A. Right now, their enrollment, coupled with Mount St. Mary's, is about 950, which puts them smack dab in the middle of 6A. Right. Uh, The private school, of course, all private schools are elevated one class. Right. Because they're a private school, which makes them a 7A. Right. However, if they do not get any points in this next football season of the new competitive equity factor points, they would be eligible, or they would drop down to 6A. And according to what I've seen, Coach Fogelman has said that if the competitive equity factor puts them in 6A, they will play 6A. They'll play 6A. Which with, which with Pulaski Academy and Little Rock Christian makes that a 19-team classification in 6A. the next year. Correct. Now, Henry, also, uh, is this not correct? Catholic would have to have a winning conference record this year to get the one point it would take, and that's not going to be a easy task. Either that, or they have to win a playoff either, game. Either or, yeah. So, either or, you know. Which, yeah. uh, technically, the the key here is, you know, they could have had four points because they picked up a victory over Bentonville West in the playoffs last ball by forfeit. By forfeit. By forfeit. But because of everything COVID. They've elected not to count those two points. Okay. So now they they've still got a two and they've still got to pick up one more along the way somehow, some way. Yeah. And that's not gonna be an easy task at all for them. So Leland, we're gonna let you go. We're gonna cut you off right here and let you go and we're gonna skip over to Paul Boyd who saw a little basketball. So Leland, we'll have you back on here in the next couple of weeks or so. It's always fun. Thank you very much. You bet. Appreciate you. So, Paul, you had a chance this week to go over and watch a little. In fact, the last couple of weeks you've yes. gone over and watched yes. a little basketball. And uh looks like Farmington girls have a nice little addition to their basketball team for this year. Well, she's not little. She's uh, <laughs> she's six foot two. Exactly. Uh, Jenna Lawrence uh, gonna, has moved to uh, from, from Melbourne 
and is now at Farmington and playing for the uh, the Lady Cardinals. And it's not like Brad Johnson and company didn't return plenty yeah. from a state finalist. Um, but you add this six foot two athlete, long arms, very athletic young lady. Uh, they, they will be a, uh, yet again a force in Class 4A. Well, Henry, this reminds me a little bit of last year, just about long about this time, a uh, young lady decided to make the move a little farther up north from Alpena up to Harrison, Alex Hill, about this same time last year. Wow. And what a big difference that made for Harrison. Now, yeah. I'm not – no pressure there on Jenna Lawrence, but – Yeah, Jenna Lawrence comes in at a good time because – Farmington just lost a good player in Tori Kersey, and mm -hmm. she was the inside force for the Lady Cardinals last year. Right. Also lost Trinity Johnson, Brad Johnson's daughter, right. who was a, the outside shooting threat. Well, I've seen the footage on Jenna Lawrence. She can do it inside. She can do it outside. So she can actually fill both bills. Of course, you know, they still need a fifth player on you know, I don't think Brad Johnson's going to let him play five on four. <laughs> I, I believe uh, I believe there's another. Uh, you had told me, and I got a chance to watch this morning. Uh, there, there's another Shiree. Oh, yeah. That uh, is a sophomore, uh, and, and the folks who don't know who that is, that would be Amber Shiree's daughter. Yes. And uh, I think Amber was a, an okay player. She she could play a little bit. Yeah. She could play a little bit. <laughs> and uh, and when. When uh, Brad pointed her out to me this morning, I was like, okay, yep, I see the resemblance. Yep, for sure. So, uh, so it's I believe it's Reese. Reese is Reese correct. Shiree. Um, last year was a freshman. I think Brad brought her up after the ninth grade uh, district and conference tournament right. or something like that, and she, she got a little bit of playing time there. So she'll be a sophomore this year. Of course, Jason Shiree had been out of coaching for a little while. He is now the new Farmington softball coach replacing the legend, Randy Osnes. Little tiny shoes there to fill, right, Rick? Not, oh, my not, goodness. Not, not big at all. Um, and so she, I know she's a big-time softball player, too. She started as a freshman on their, nice. on their uh, softball team. So she's a, she's a very good softball player. Sounds like a really good all-around athlete like her mama. Yes. I don't know yes. about her daddy, but, but like her mama for uh, sure. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen Jason play, but I did see Amber There play. you go. There you go. There you go. That was a few years back over there. What, what was it? Oral Trough? Newark. What, what? Newark. That's Newark. it. The Kangaroos. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So got that going on. Basketball team camps are going on. You know, they're back in full swing after last year. Zilch. Um, you know, 7-on-7 seven seven going on. Great. La after last year, zilch. Football team camps, we had a big story this week. They had a team camp at Fort Smith Northside that Harold McElvain covered for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette and had little snippets on several teams, Alma, Van Buren, Northside, uh, and some couple other teams uh, from the River Valley down there in that team camp after last year, zilch. So great to see kids out doing their thing. Ricky, it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. All and about the kids. You know what? Uh, middle of the summer right here, I've been covering some baseball, which is traditionally the sport of the summer, at the uh, Perfect Timing Collegiate Baseball League. A lot of local kids, some JUCO kids are looking for opportunity. A lot of some of them are moving on to another school and so forth. So that's a quality league up there. I just want to make sure it shows you how sports overlaps now. We talked here in the middle of June, we've talked about 7-on-7 seven seven football. We talked about 
basketball, and now we talk about baseball, traditional sport, and we ain't even touched swimming and diving yet. Exactly, and those are coming up as well. So, Rick, you um, had did an interview with Blake Adams this week. We're going to have a story on him in the Thursday Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. He's a kid that was at Harbor, led Harbor to a state championship. Yes. Uh, his dream school was to go to Arkansas, went there, signed with the Hogs, and then it just didn't exactly just, work out the way we wanted it to, and so he's in the transfer portal. What's 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 his status as of now? Oh, you know what? That just happens in life. You know, you have a dream, you think something's going to just doesn't work out. So what's the old saying? I've heard coaches or politicians say, one door closes, another, another door, door is open. Yep. So he has no animosity. He doesn't feel bad about um, anything. He said, man, I had a shot, didn't work out. So he's playing in the uh, perfect time in league. Um, he's down to four schools. Um, I got it in the Sunday paper, but hey, for our listeners, it's Nebraska, Minnesota, uh, Kansas State, and there's one other school he's considering. So he's going to take about a month, month and a half, and try to figure this out, and he's going to get another opportunity, and we applaud him. He's a good kid. He's got some talent, and he just um, he just needs a reset. Find that right fit for him. That's what you got to find. Absolutely. Find that right fit. Now, I noticed some pictures that we got last night, some photographs of, from our Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette's photographers, uh, he was rounding the bases. So they're using him not just as a pitcher, but they're using using him as a position player as well. Yeah, an outfield too. Yeah. yeah. He was a good hitter at Harbor. Well, they don't win a state championship unless no. he gets that that big triple against Van Buren in the semifinals uh, a couple of years ago. Even uh, at Arkansas, he was uh, recruited as a, a two-way player. Right. And he, was, and he got some time. I guess the, they were a little thin when he was a freshman. And he got an early start against uh, – uh, a non-conference game, and they put him pitcher, and then he j- it just didn't elevate him to where he got more in the rotation. But he's going to get a shot at the next school as, as maybe an outfielder or a pitcher. There you go. There you go. So got baseball going on. Uh, also got uh, other sports and stuff going on up here, not just prep sports. We got a big rodeo next week in Springdale. Absolutely. Rick didn't have it. Last Talking about year. tough guys. Talking about tough guys. There you go. And, and and also tough girls on the barrel barrel racing. And Purdy, too. There you go, and Purdy. So Rick and I will be covering that next week. Rick, i got to tell you, I love covering the rodeo. Those dudes and, and the barrel racing uh, ladies, they, they're real. They're real people. You know what? And on the way over, the, over here, I listened to uh, a radio show, and they're talking about all the NBA guys got injury this, injury that. Uh, rodeo guys, they don't have it. They got injury. They'll show up at a rodeo and with the, the arm in the sling as long as they can hold that horse. Rick, they, oh, just, they tape it up and they go. They tape it up and go. <laughs> Sprained ankle? Are you kidding? They don't yeah. set out for no. a sprained ankle. No, They're, they are the epitome of toughness. And Rick, I always love covering the rodeo. Yes, I love interviewing the the the, the ones after their events are over. And and uh, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was uh, Rick and I. Rick and I liked it. We we target a different event every night to focus on. And one night it'll be the bull riding, and one night the the bareback, and maybe the the roping or the the steer. But the steer. Guys, the guys who who ride on their horse alongside a steer with horns and jump off and grab that thing and sling it to the ground and then tie their feet up or something. Now, you know what? Hey, you got you got to be a hoss to do that. You know what? Just tell you. I'm like, I, here's another thing. Um, I've been uh, keeping track, Rody, for like seven years. When they get on the bull riding, I think it's the bull. The score right now is about seventy-seven to two. To two in favor. 
of the bull, you got to be yeah. a little psycho yeah. to get on one of them bulls. Well, I remember doing the steer dogger guys, and uh, they bulldog. Yeah, the bulldoggers, and they were on their horse, and and, and uh, you know threw the steer down, tied him up, and and whatever, and they're on their horse and going back out of the arena. And I'm trying to catch them, you know, as they go by, you know, to get an interview. And they're out there stripping clothes off and getting ready to jump in their truck uh, and, and, and take off to the next rodeo. And I said, hey, you know, have you got five minutes? He looks at his watch and said, yeah, I got just about that before I crank her up and we go. Heading to yeah. Cheyenne. Head, yeah, heading to just wherever. And, and uh, now this year the Springdale Rodeo, ordinarily and historically it had been a July the 4th yeah, that's uh, what I rodeo. Thought, yeah. Cowboy Christmas. Cowboy Christmas. So they yep. did, they, Paul, they did back it up a little bit this year to, to uh, the – the uh, June the 23rd to the 26th, I believe, are the dates. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yes. whatever those dates are next week. And uh, and so they'll have this one here, and then the, the Cowboys will come in and do their thing and, and then move on to the next one. And you're right, Paul, Cowboy Christmas, this is when they can make their money. They're, they're headed out, out in Wyoming, everywhere, like you said. Every night, every somewhere night, difference. Every night, and they're putting those miles on those on those big trucks and pulling those trailers and and carrying saddles and those you know ten thousand dollar horses or maybe more than that. I don't even know what they cost, but uh, hey, even though this is all about the athletes and the patriotism, I love that and everything. But it's a little bit about me. Every when I go there, that first row, I will knock people out of the way to get me a lemonade and a foot long corn dog. There you go with slobbers of mustard. A lot on of it. mustard on there, and Absolutely. I'm happy. And you know what? Major props, too, to the Springdale Rodeo folks yes. and the folks over at Parsons Stadium. They help us out a lot. I don't know what the young, the lady's name is who's in the office, but, man, without her, Rick, we couldn't do this. We and, couldn't do it, no. Yeah, and she helps us get, get the numbers in and the – you know, and, and the you know contestants and, and that kind of thing, and, and what a tremendous help those folks are. All the, all the rodeo people, Rick, they're just they're, good they're the best people. people. They're the good, people, good of people. the earth. Good yes, people. Yes, good people. And so I'm looking forward to that. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people might look at the rodeo and go, I don't know anything about it. You know what? You don't have it's to. It's just people. Yeah, they're people. It's just people, and uh, and 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 they're real, and and uh, and I love doing it, and I'm glad it's back. Hey, bring your kid out for a little mutton button. Little mutton what do you call it? Mutton Mut busting. Mutton busting. Mutton busting. There right. you go. They'll put a little bicycle safety helmet on them and strap them, on, strap them onto a little sheep, and off they go. Even if they're upside down, they're still hanging on. <laughs> they're hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this week's edition of the Prep Rally Podcast. We veered over into the Prep Rodeo Podcast or whatever, but you know what? I could talk rodeo all day long. My mother-in-law, Valdine, uh, Maddox, she could talk rodeo all day long. She is glued to that RFD channel all day, every day, and she watches that religi religiously, and she can tell you who the top ten are in every PRCA event. She knows you all about it. Every Saturday night, the wife and I, Marty Stewart and the Presleys. There you go. Good there stuff. You go. Yep, so, good stuff. So for Paul Boyd, Henry Apple, Rick Fires, and for Leland Barclay down in Fort Smith, thanks for being with us on Prep Rider, the podcast, and we'll catch you next time. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.